0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles. And this is your weekly update. It's Monday, November 6th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, y'all, so it is officially November, so you know what that means. We are going to start this episode with coming up this month in the world of sports. Not a whole lot to report here, really just NCAA men's Basketball season starts tomorrow, November 7th, and then we've got the Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix on November 19th. So I only, I usually don't include F1 like individual races like that, but it is the first one ever to be held in Las Vegas. We will have plenty of other basketball tournaments going on throughout basketball season, but I will not include those as there's a lot of them going on all the time. So be sure you check as we go through the months of basketball season. As always, we got to start with baseball and this will be the last one for a little bit as we have a new World Series champion. But let's go back. So We went into Monday last week's episode with the series tied one to one. So Diamondbacks took one and the Rangers took one. Game three was on Monday and it was the first of three games being played in Arizona, but it was all Rangers early scoring three runs in the third inning. Seager was the star of this game with a two run home run in the third and some great defense to save the game as they went on. Good thing too, because the clutch postseason hitter Garcia and star pitcher Scherzer went out in In this game for the Texas team. So even with the W, it looked pretty scary moving forward for the Rangers. Game four was exactly the opposite, meaning that it was extremely high scoring, but it was still all Rangers. There was a combined 23 hits. In this game, the Texas team put up five runs apiece in the second and third innings. Arizona did put up one in the next and then would rally a little bit in the eighth with four runs and two in the ninth. But the damage was done and too big to bounce back from. Rangers win 11 to seven and all they need is one more game. Then game five, it was a battle of the pitchers with no runs being scored until the seventh inning when Texas finally got one on the board. It looked like that might be all that was needed and all that was going to be scored. But for good measure, the Rangers put up four more in the ninth to seal their first World Series ever. To no one's surprise, after all of this, Seager won MVP, and he is the first player to win a World Series MVP in both the National League and the American League. He won with the Dodgers in 2020 and was named MVP that year as well. The Rangers manager has now won four World Series, as they got him this past year from the Giants, where he had three. And this is the Rangers, like I said, first World Series. And they had the longest odds to win the World Series with 50 to 1 since 2003. That would have been the Marlins at 75 to 1. So, congratulations to the Texas team. They had a huge pep rally in Arlington, Texas, which is the home of the Rangers. And the pep rally parade, all of that was going on just two days later. Teeny bit of basketball news for you. Indiana previous head coach Bobby Knight died earlier this week. He retired with 902 wins, three national championships, and one undefeated season in 1976. That is the most recent team to be undefeated and then win a natty in the same year. He was ultimately fired from Indiana because of his temper. Then he went to play or play. He went on to coach Texas Tech for seven more seasons. So RIP Bobby Knight. And then moving along to college football, this week was week 10, and we had eight losses in the top 25. And just like last week, I am going to cry a little bit as I go through this one. It was the final Bedlam game, which if you don't know what that means, that is Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. And it is the second longest-running uninterrupted rivalry game dating back to 1910, including the COVID year. No interruptions. And the OSU Cowboys will forever get bragging rights as they beat number nine, Oklahoma, in the wild rivalry game that it always is. There's a reason why it's called Bedlam. Although the total yards was comparable, OU had the ball 15 minutes less than OSU did. That is an entire quarter of game time. Yes, there was a atrocious... Missed pass interference call on the OU, on OU's final drive that would have literally won Sooners the game, but ultimately you can't have three turnovers like the Sooners did and expect to win. Also on the final fourth down, why throw anything short of the first down line? Just my personal opinion. Pokes win by three. It was a. Two actually big game matchups in the SEC with number two Georgia going on a hard stretch against three ranked teams opponents in a row. That is at least they're ranked as of right now. So the dogs started with number 12, Mizzou at home. It was a close game. We were tied 10-10 at half, but then Georgia had a productive third quarter, outscoring the Tigers by nine. Georgia did not look their best, admittedly, and Mizzou played well, but Mizzou quarterback Brady Cook threw two interceptions, which you just can't do against the number two team in the country. That is also including a big boy lineman interception. So Georgia wins by nine. The other big SEC matchup was number 14, LSU, and number eight, Bama. And it was a great game. It literally felt like a tennis match, and whoever broke the serve first would win. We were tied at 28 apiece late. Bama, though, breaks the serve in the second half, holding LSU to just seven points in the second half to win 42-28. to 28. LSU's QB, Jaden Daniels, also went out of the game And granted, it was the last like four minutes of the game. So that did solidify that there was absolutely no comeback possible for the Tigers, but it looked unlikely anyway at that point. Y'all Clemson and Dabo needed this win with all the scrutiny they have faced the last couple of weeks and obviously being unranked so far and Dabo yelling at callers that they should coach the team instead of him. And I mean, it's it's been wild. Clemson, though, put the beat down on number 15, Notre Dame. It was 24-10 at half, and while the Fighting Irish did put up more points than the Tigers in the second half, it was not enough. Notre Dame's quarterback, Cutie Sam Hartman, did not have a good game. He only threw for 150 yards and two interceptions with zero touchdowns. So Clemson wins 31-23, and this makes Dabo's 166th win with the Clemson program. He is now the winningest coach in Clemson football history. Arizona has had officially enough of being disrespected and being thought of as one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. They have very much proven that that is not true, and they've had a couple of close losses to top 25 teams and a win here and there. Here's another big one. The Wildcats upset number 19 UCLA Bruins 27 to 10. Undefeated number five, Washington hadn't looked great the last couple of weeks, but they had some offensive fun this weekend against number 20 USC Huskies put up 28 points in the second quarter alone. Heisman quarterback Caleb Williams for USC played great, but it was not enough. And now USC is out of the Pac-12 championship, at least most likely, and all craziness breaks loose, but I doubt it. And for sure out of the college football playoff with those three losses it hit him hard too. It was really sad. And this is coming from me who really has no love loss for USC, but Caleb went up into the stands and hugged his mom and was literally, you could see him crying on camera, which is just awful. Um, it is heartbreaking, but I will say if he had stayed at Oklahoma, like we could be going to the natty this year. So, um, that's my own very, very biased opinion, but it is hard to see though, that he knows he came back for a reason and now it's not for any reason. So Washington, though, now has Utah and Oregon State back-to-back in these weeks coming up, so we'll see how they fare ahead. Number seven, Texas looked to have number 23, Kansas State handled. They were winning 27-7 at one point, so frankly, I stopped watching. But then things began to shift, with K-State going three straight touchdown drives with the aid of two Texas fumbles. All of a sudden, we're tied 27-27. Texas got a field goal to go up by three. Kansas State then drives down to the eight-yard line and couldn't get into the end zone, so they line up to kick a field goal with just a minute 45 on the clock. They miss the 27-yard field goal. Admittedly, I thought that was it. I was all upset. Then K-State holds Texas to a three and out. They get the ball back with one eighteen to go. They had obviously all their timeouts. Then they drive down the field again and get a 45-yard field goal. So go figure we miss the 27-yard one and they get the 45-yard one, whatever. We go to overtime. Texas starts with the ball but only gets a field goal. Then K-State starts their drive with a 19 completed pass, 19 yard completed pass, and it's first a goal. And now I'm like starting to salivate because I'm so excited. But that's where it all came to an end when literally the K-State quarterback fell on his ass for the final play. It was Total just letdown of the entire anticipation that was over time and Texas escapes. And then it was a service academy matchup for the undefeated number 25 Air Force as they took on Army. Air Force had six turnovers. Whoa. All the points that were scored in the entire game were scored in the first half. So hopefully you didn't pay attention the second half. It was 23 to 3 and that's where we ended with the points there. So undefeated Air Force goes down. That is it for losses in the top 25, but other major headlines this week, there's not a ton of them. So, number one, Ohio State played with its food again a little bit in a hard physical game with Rutgers. This is also not your dad's normal Rutgers team. They're actually good this year, they're six and three. So, but they actually led nine to seven at half, but then the Buckeyes turned it on, scoring 28 points in the second half. Don't be surprised if they fall out of that top number one spot, especially after Georgia beat a ranked team this week as well. The Texas A&M number 10 Ole Miss game was one for the ages. It was so entertaining. Texas A&M only had the lead for just under three minutes in the final four minutes of the game. Before that, Ole Miss had never given it back. Every time it looked like Ole Miss was going to run away with it, Texas A&M would just kind of keep hanging around. And ultimately, Ole Miss scored a touchdown with just a minute 40 to go in the game. The Aggies then drove it all the way down the field to kick a game-tying 47-yard field goal. And an Ole Miss player got a hand on it, blocked it. So the game goes final 38-35, Ole Miss. Also, something to point out, I see you. number 18, Utah. The Utes put up 55 points against Arizona State in their route this weekend. Number 21, Kansas put up a touchdown in every quarter of their game versus Iowa State. Could have been a big hangover game for the Jayhawks, but they bounced back nicely, winning by a touchdown in Ames. And then, whew, Number 24, Tulane only beat 1-7 and East Carolina by a field goal. East Carolina scored all 10 points in the first quarter and never put any points up again. Good thing for the green wave as they come away with the W. Top 25 this week. There was really no change to the top eight because none of those teams showed us anything crazy different, I guess. So Florida State, Oregon, Michigan all rolled on with ease. Nothing too crazy there. The biggest thing to note of this week's AP poll in the top 25 is that Oklahoma State went from being just first out of the top 25 to number 15. So that's a huge, huge jump. Um, And Liberty is ranked for the first time this season. And then the college football playoff rankings debuted this past week as well. And the big story from that is that the first is that Ohio State was ranked first and dethroning Georgia as number one. The Big 12 was also the big winner because there were three teams that snuck in in that top 20 or higher range. This next story is such a duh story, I almost didn't even say it. Michigan staffer Connor Stallions has been fired following the sign-stealing allegations that have been thrown around. Um, duh. So, But it is official as of this past week. Moving along to the NFL, there were eight close games this week in the NFL. So we're going to start with Thursday Night Football as the Titans are winless on the road as they travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Rookie quarterback Will Levis took his first NFL loss after losing this game by four when the Steelers scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. The game in Germany this week was the Chiefs playing the Dolphins, so you figured you would take the over in this game as both teams have a heavy offense. But the Kansas City team was done scoring by halftime, putting up 21 straight points on Miami, who then rallied in the third quarter, putting up 14, but would still fall a touchdown short of the W. The Falcons-Vikings game was a tight one. The Falcons led by one at half. That lead disappeared in the third quarter when the Vikings scored 11 points to Atlanta's 10. The Falcons then took the lead in the final two minutes of the game, going up by four. But Minnesota wide receiver Powell would catch a final touchdown with just 22 seconds left to go in the game to give them the win. New Orleans Saints quarterback Badgett threw three interceptions, but his defense came up Big to help him out winning over the Bears by a touchdown. The Texans are now 4-4 four and four after they had a tight win over the Buccaneers. The Houston team scored 29 points in the second half to take the win away from Tampa. Quarterback C.J. Stroud had 470 yards and 5 TDs. So hopefully you didn't have him on your bench like I did for fantasy. The Cowboys-Eagles game is always a good one because these teams frankly hate each other so much and both teams were looking to stay atop of their own division. While Dallas had the lead in half, Philly scored 14 unanswered points in the third quarter. It was, I will admit, a game of inches, and Dallas fell just short multiple times, especially as the game was coming to a close, as they tried to mount a last-minute comeback. It literally came down to the final play. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver for the Cowboys, caught the ball, but it was just short of the goal line. They literally needed a touchdown to win. So again, saying what I said during the Oklahoma game, why it's short of the goal line. Ultimately, Lamb ended up fumbling, but it didn't matter because the game was over anyway. And then don't mess with momentum because the Bengals are the hottest team in the league right now. After losing their first three games, they are now 5-3 and three after beating the Bills on Sunday Night Football. So those were the close games. Let's go to the non-close games. The Browns shut out the Cardinals 27-0. to Yikes. That was their first shutout for the Cleveland team since 2007. Also, I bet you cannot name me the Packers quarterback right now. Me neither until I did this. Jordan Love led his men to a sizable victory, twenty to three over the Rams. Now both teams have three wins apiece. The Giants were about to shut be shut out when they scored six points in the final quarter. They still lost by twenty four to the Raiders, but hey, not a shutout is good. And then OBJ had a nice birthday present with the first of four touchdowns of the day for the Ravens as they beat the Seahawks 37 to three, the largest margin of victory of the weekend. As if things couldn't get worse for the Giants, their quarterback uh, Jones now is out for the season with an ACL injury. Also on the injury list, Vikings running back Akers, who tore his Achilles, and Eagles tight end Goddard, who fractured his forearm. The Raiders fired their head coach, Josh McDaniels, and their general manager earlier this week. Those firings will cost the team $85 million, or at least the owner, it'll cost him $85 million. That means they are now on their interim head coach, and he will be the 12th different coach that this team has had in 20 seasons. That is the most by any team over that span in league history. The Las Vegas team has not won their division since 2002, which is the third longest active drought. We actually have a little bit of PGA tour news because the WWT championship ended this weekend and Matt Kuchar looked to have the tournament in hand leading by the field by six shots going into Saturday. Although he has a history in Mexico, go to the blog to check out that link Kuchar would then give all six shots back to the field with a quadruple bogey on the 15th and South African Eric Von Ruin played the back nine in eight under on the final day to win by two strokes. The coolest part was that he was tied with Kuchar and Camillo Viega when he went into the 18th hole and there Von Ruin nailed a 16 foot Eagle putt to win the tournament. He donated this win to his friend who is dying of skin cancer and he tearfully gave the story to the reporter after he won this is his second pga tour title after winning the 2021 barracuda championship Tiny bit of Olympic news, the Pan American Games are officially over and Team USA came away with 124 gold medals with their 631 athlete roster. This means that Team USA took the top spot for the 17th time. However, they did have seven less total medals than they did last year or last time this Pan Am Games happened, which was in 2019 in Peru. So even though seven less total medals, they did get two more golds. Brazil and then Mexico rounded out the top three on medal count Canada and then Cuba were fourth and fifth one of the goals of the many many goals that Americans brought home was one in breakdancing Grace Choi aka Sunny is what she goes by clinched the gold in the in a contest three to zero over Colombia's Luisa Trajada The contests are decided in a head-to-head battles between two dancers, so that she won 3-2-0 in a decided win. With this win, the 34-year-old Choi has qualified for the Paris 2024 Olympic Games. Breaking, as it's normally called, was created in the United States about 50 years ago, but will only be at the Paris Olympics as Los Angeles has voted not to have it on their sport docket. And then the New York City Marathon was this weekend. Ethiopia's Temeratola won the, with a course record of two hours and four minutes, 0.58 seconds. He ran ahead of the rest of his competition at mile 20. In contrast, the women's side was decided in the final mile Kenyan Helen Abiri won and made her move in the final 800 meters to win by just six seconds. And then third place was only 10 seconds off of first place. So quite a tight race there on the women's side. That wraps up what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Not a ton of NBA games on regular schedule programming as we do have the debut of NCAA men's basketball. So in the N- NBA world, Wednesday on the 8th, Spurs at the Knicks at 6:30 on ESPN followed by the Warriors at the Nuggets at 9. Then on Friday the Nets at the Celtics and then at 6:30 and then the Lakers at the Suns also at 9 on ESPN. As a reminder for NCAA men's basketball, I only read aloud the ranked versus ranked games that will be on regular scheduled TV, and I only put on their ranked teams that are playing on regular scheduled TV. So. Really, we make it all the way down to, I believe it's Friday. Yep, Friday, number 12, Arizona takes on number two, Duke, at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. No other teams are ranked first ranked matchups, believe it or not. Sunday, you will see a TBD versus TBD at 2 p.m. on ESPN2. That is because there is a mini tournament going on. So it'll be either South Carolina, Minnesota, Western Kentucky, or Princeton. You'll see a lot of those as we go throughout the season. All just like individual invitationals and stuff like that. So, if you do see that moving forward, I will try to list the invitational as well. For this week, on week 11 for college football, the top 25 games of the week. And this is by AP rankings because we obviously don't have the college football playoff ones. Those will be on Tuesday. You can catch that show at six o'clock on ESPN on Tuesday night. Then, like I said, top twenty-five games of the week for the weekend. Number two, Michigan takes on number nine, Penn State. So Michigan finally gets to play someone who's actually going to give them maybe some competition. That will be on Saturday at eleven a.m. on Fox. Then number thirteen, Utah goes to number five, Washington. They play at two thirty on Fox. Number fourteen, Tennessee takes on number sixteen, Mizzou at also at two thirty. And that TV um, channel has not been announced yet. Then game day game of the week, number 10, Ole Miss travels to number one, Georgia. So we go to Athens, Georgia at 6 p.m. on ESPN on Saturday for the game day game. And then Pac-12 after dark, USC takes on number six, Oregon at 9.30 p.m. That will be on Fox. And USC is unranked as of right now. In the NFL world, tonight, Monday Night Football, the Chargers take on the Jets at 7.15 on ABC or ESPN. Thursday, catch the Panthers at the Bears. That ought to be a game of who doesn't want to lose the least of the losingest teams of the entire league. So they will play at 7.15 on Prime. Sunday, catch another game abroad. The Colts at the Patriots at 830 on NFL Network. And then we'll have six games on at noon on CBS and Fox. The CBS games are the Texans at the Bengals, the Packers at the Steelers, and the Titans at the Bucks. And then the Fox games are the Saints at the Vikings, the 49ers at the Jags, and the Browns at the Ravens. Then at 305 on CBS, get the Falcons at the Cardinals or the Lions at the Chargers. And then at 325 on Fox, it's either the Giants at the Cowboys, again, two teams who hate each other, or the Commanders at the Seahawks. And then Sunday night football will be the Jets at the Raiders, so they've got a quick turnaround Monday to Sunday. Monday night football next week will be the Broncos at the Bills at 715 on ABC or ESPN. Moving on to golf, PGA Tour is back Thursday it is the Bermuda Championship. The Butterfield Bermuda Championship round one will be at noon on Golf Channel. Thursday, catch round two at the same time. Saturday, though, the Butterfield Bermuda Championship round three will be at 10 a.m. on Golf Channel and then we'll move to CBS at one o'clock. Sunday, catch the final round at 10 on Golf Channel. A little bit of hockey this week, nothing too crazy. On Tuesday, Red Wings at the Rangers at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Devils at the Avalanche at 9. Then on Wednesday, the Panthers take on the Capitals at 6.30 on TNT as well, and then the Kings at the Golden Knights at 9. The only motorsport that's happening this weekend on regular scheduled TV is MotoGP will be on NBC on Sunday. That will be at the Sepang GP, and that will be taped and replayed at 12.30 p.m. And there's only two Olympic sports on and both on Sunday sports climbing. There will be the combined competition in France. That will be at 930 a.m. on Fox Sports 1 and then figure skating in China at 2 on NBC. And then I actually usually don't do any soccer, but we do have MLS playoff game number two, New England Revolution versus Philadelphia Union on Wednesday at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. And then the NWSL Championship on Saturday night, New York, New York Jersey, Gotham FC versus OL Reign. That will be at 7 p.m. on CBS. And then Sunday, NCAA Men's Big East Championship will be at 10 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. And that is it for me this week. So as one season MLB comes to a close, we have another one that opens the NCAA men's, of course. Don't forget to check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports for more games, times, and stories. And I will, of course, catch y'all next week.